Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. And we are delighted to welcome a very well-known and loved uh, mother in ISKCON, Mother Narayani. She's been a devotee and is a disciple of Srila Prabhupada and joined in 1970 in Boston. And over the years, she's done many, many services, including deity worship in the Calcutta Temple. We may not hear her stories today, but she has stories of the early days in Calcutta where you didn't know any Bengali and they didn't know any English, correct? Um, But then she self-taught herself uh, many languages. She became a translator. She has uh, been... taught Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vaibhava, Bhakti Vedanta courses in the Vrindavan Institute for Higher Education in Vrindavan. She's written curriculum for the Bhakti Shastri and has written three books, the Bhagavatam at a glance, the Garden of Devotion, and the Bhagavad Gita at a glance. She's a wonderful, wonderful teacher. I'm particularly blessed because she was my neighbor in Vrindavan <laughs> for many, many years, and we would fend off the monkeys together. We would be each other's protectors um, she travels the world, and uh, how nice it is that DC has become one of her annual stops. So please give a very warm welcome to Marianne. Her topic today is appreciating mothers. Yes, and Sita Devi also. And Sita Devi. <laughs> Makam karoti vachalam pangum langa tegadim yakupam tamam bande shigurun tinatayanam omagyana timrandasya gananjana sharakaya chakshu militam yena tesmai shigaravenamaha. So we're having two different classes today. The first class will be on mothers in honor of Mother's Day, the seven mothers. We all have seven mothers. You thought you only had one, but actually you have seven. So let's hear about who are your seven mothers. And the second will be a glorification of Sita Devi. Um, so who are our seven mothers? First of all, our own biological mother who gave birth to this body. The second mother is a guru or wife of our guru. It's many in the past, and even now, there are many Grihastha uh, family gurus. Uh, the husband is, is the guru and the wife is the guru mata, uh, guru mother. Second, the queen, or head of state. Uh, the queen is also our mother, or the head of state. Fourth is the wife of our teacher, or our teacher, can be our teacher, Brahmani, or teacher, and fifth is the cow, because she gives us milk to drink. And sixth is the nurse. Now, in, in the old days, they used to have nurses to help with the babies, because they used to have a lot of babies. And they would nurse them for a, minute, for a few years. 
So, uh, but now, of course, that, that isn't happening here in this culture. But she is one of our mothers. And the last mother is Mother Earth, who gives us our food to eat and place to stay. And so let us hear. Manu Smriti says, The gods dwell where women are honored and respected. A few years ago, one of my godbrothers, Jai Doita Swami, made a wise observation. He said, the problem with ISKCON is we have no grandmothers. It was true at that time. We were so young and we had no common sense. We, were, we thought, we were hippies, we thought anyone over 30 uh, is outlandish. We didn't accept anyone over 30 except Prabhupada, of course. Um, but uh, once you're over 30, then you're, you're just out of it, we thought, um, in those days. But somehow or other, we followed Srila Prabhupada, who was way over 30. I don't know how that happened. Prabhupada said he tricked us. Um, and so grandmother, now we have many grandmothers in our movement, and uh, that is very important. And so Shibhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, who is the guru of my spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, said that men and women joined in marriage for the purpose of serving each other in the service of Krishna. The wife is not an object of enjoyment of the husband, or vice versa. They choose for their partners only such persons who serve God better than themselves. They offer themselves to be accepted by their partners for the favor of being allowed to share in superior service of Hari. So when you join together in families in Krishna consciousness, then it is for having children and so the position of the mother is very, very important in our movement. And that's why one way of spreading the movement, by having children. Now the second mother is the guru, the wife of one's guru. So in our um, succession, the succession, Janava Devi, wife of Nityananda, was honored by all the living Gosamis as the head of the entire Sampradaya. And the sannyasis living at Radhakun carried her by palanquin. They accepted her as mother. And she harmonized of the teachings of Lord Chaitanya at that time. Even in early days, it's described in the Treta Yuga, the Upanishads describe one woman scholar named Gargi, who debated and defeated the great sage Yagyavalkya in the court of Janaka, the father of Sita Devi. And so there's always... Um, gurus who are mothers also. So Prabhupada said uh, to Malati in a letter, women are movement can also preach very nicely. Actually, male and female bodies, these are just outward designations. Lord Chaitanya said, whether one is Brahmana, whatever he may be, if he knows the signs of Krishna, he is to be accepted as guru. So first guru is mother. She teaches so many things. Now, the third mother to be honored is the head of state, or the queen. Um, we have our Tulsi Gabbard, who is <laughs> going, trying to be president of the United States. So she is one, considered one of our mothers. She's considered because she is in the government service. So she, is, she goes online and she reads inspirational uh, passages every year in Diwali. And now she's also touring and trying to spread Krishna consciousness in her own way as a representative in the, in the government. 
And so we each have unique gifts given to us by God. So she has that gift. Uh, we have a unique relationship with Krishna. And he has one quality which attracts each and every one of us to him. And so Quinty Devi, if we read the Shastras, she was the mother of the Pandavas. And she was respected by Krishna as mother. When he had to go to Dwaraka, he was leaving Hastinapur where she was living. He, first of all, he went to get blessings from Quinty Devi for his trip. And did she give blessings? No. <laughs> she said, don't go. And you're not supposed to say that at the beginning of a trip. It's very inauspicious. So he didn't go. He did stay for a few months more. But she was also a queen, one of the mothers, Kunti Devi. And Prabhupada, when he was in suffering, when he was having ill health, he would say the prayers of Kunti Devi. And if you go to Bombay, Bhaktivedanta Hospital, then you will hear the last thing, if you go into the operating room, you'll hear the prayers of Queen Kunti. So I'll just read one of Kunti's prayers for you. O Lord of sweetness, just as the Ganga River forever flows to the sea without hindrance, let my attraction be constantly drawn unto you without being diverted to anything else. So the queen is our mother, the wife of the guru, the guru is the mother and our original mother. Fourth mother is the wife of a teacher, or brahmani, a lady who is a brahmani. So we can remember in our <clears throat> um, stories of Krishna, who came 5,000 years ago, the wives of the brahmanas. Uh, they are our mothers. They are gurus of pure devotion. They didn't go to Gurukul, but uh, their husbands knew all the mantras, but the husbands, when Krishna came to beg food, the husbands didn't give. And when the wife, when the Krishna came to the wives, the wives said yes. They ran with the food to the forest to give. So they are our mothers, they are our gurus. Because Krishna, he's the ultimate enjoyer of all sacrifices. Bhaktaram Yagyatapasam, it says in Bhagavad Gita, I am the enjoyer of all sacrifices. So afterwards, uh, the, the husbands of these ladies curse themselves, saying, to hell with our yagyas, our mantras. We were so ignorant, we didn't serve Krishna when he came, the way our wives did. So Bhagavatam tells us about so many humble devotees of Krishna. You, they may be unrecognized. There are so many humble devotees. The, the mothers are very humble devotees of Krishna. And today is the day to recognize our mothers. Um, so they are the... Uh, the humble people, our mothers are humble. Prahlad Maharaj is humble. Sudama, the cowherd girls of Vrindavan, they're humble people. Greatest devotees in the path of bhakti, the cowherd girls of Vrindavan. So Sita Devi is also our mother. Um, she is above all of these categories. She is the, because she is the wife of the Supreme Lord Ram. So we can't really, you called, could call her one of the queen, a queen, queen mother, but and she was, when, when Ram was here on this earth, she was the queen mother. But we see her more as a spiritual um, incarnation. So number five, who is number five? The mother cow. Mother cow is our fifth mother. 
She's an emblem of selfless love. She's very sacred in the Vedic scriptures. Uh, she eats only grass, transforming it into her, her life's blood in the form of milk. Um, so milk, ghee, all the things that we need to worship Krishna, they are coming uh, from Mother Cow, building finer brain tissues so we can understand more subtle spiritual subjects. And um, she is very gentle mother. You just see the cow. It, you become calm. They're, now they're using cows in um, mental for mental patients to calm them down. And I, I saw something on the internet that hugging the cow is very good for your health, and people go and they pay money to hug the cows. Uh, it's a new kind of treatment. So you can try it um, if you ever get disturbed. So number six is the nurse. That um, We, of course, don't experience this mostly in our culture. But in the ancient, older times, they did have nurses. And number seven, uh, Mother Earth, who gives us what we need to eat, who gives us our place to live, materials for building, and when we're grateful to Mother Earth, then we can appreciate everything very nicely. And we can have a peaceful life. If we are greedy and take things and abuse the Earth, then reactions do come, like earthquakes and things like that. Um, if you frack the Earth, then earthquakes, earthquakes come, I heard. So there's a prayer to Mother Earth. Oh, Mother Earth, you're holding the oceans and the mountains. You are the wife of Vishnu. Please forgive me for placing my feet on you. So some people, when they get up in the morning, that's, they say that before they touch the earth. Please forgive me. I'm making offense by putting my feet on you. Now there's a meditation on the earth which is given to us by one of our acharyas, Sri Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, uh, that we can become humble if we do this meditation. So we can... When next time we see the earth, we can, look, we can think like this. That the earth, which I can see always, is the expansion of the lotus feet of my Lord, who is always to be meditated upon. So the earth is expansion. All moving and non-moving living beings, animals, friends, enemies, trees, fish, have taken shelter of the earth, are thus sheltered at the lotus feet of my Lord. So everyone here is, is taking shelter of the earth for this reason. I should respect every living being and not envy anyone. So that's the meditation. In fact, all living entities are the gem on my Lord's chest. Therefore, I should never envy or deride any living entity. So humbly, we must honor our seven mothers, our own mother, who is our first guru, then the guru mother, the wife of the guru, then the head of state, the queen, wife of the king, a Brahmani, a teacher, wife of a, of a teacher, mother cow, the nurse, and sacred earth. So our next meditation will be on Sita Devi. So her father was Janaka Maharaj. When he was plowing, he was preparing for sacrifice. He was plowing the earth. Uh, to prepare it for a sacrifice. And he found a golden casket. Inside was a beautiful girl. 
And who is that girl? That was Sita. Because when you plow the land with a yoke, that is called Sita. That's what it's called. So he called her Sita. And with the arrival of the baby, the king's good luck appeared also. His queen also gave birth to a daughter who was named Ermila. And they brought up the two children with great affection. They had good education, very beautiful girls, noble qualities, good behavior, and intelligence, and they became dear to everyone. So Sita grew up in the palace. She was known for her beauty and for her devotion. She would always be absorbed in the deity of the Lord of, of the Suryavansha, Lord Ram. Sometimes she would enact pastimes of the different forms of the Lord uh, that she was dear to. Her fame was well known, time for her marriage, and uh, one time Parasharam came to visit King Janaka. He's a great kshatriya, but also a sage. He left his bow at the doorstep and went inside, and Sita saw the bow, and she started playing with it like, a, like it was a little toy. And uh, nobody could lift that bow. Uh, here she was, a little kid, and she was playing with Parashram's bow. When Parashram came out, he, he, his bow was missing. And then he went inside. He said, oh, this little kid is playing with my bow. She's very special. Even ordinary persons cannot lift this bow up. So um, he said, okay, to King Janaka, only a great and strong person can marry this girl. So... King Janaka had another bow possessed by Lord Shiva and he made the uh, declaration, only one who can string this bow can marry Sita. So, who is that wonderful person who is going to marry Sita? Here we have him with us today. He is Lord Ram. So, Bhagavatam describes... In the assembly where Mother Sita was to choose her husband, he broke the bow belonging to Lord Shiva. So as the Lord achieved the hand of Mother Sita, who was equally as endowed with transcendental qualities of form, beauty, behavior, age, and nature, goddess of fortune. So she was looking at Ram, feeling attraction for him, and uh, she came down with a garland of flowers, in her hand and stood by her father and she had she was walking to Ram she had golden ankles diamond earrings and she lifted her eyes looked at Ram and both of them felt their hearts were moved by love so then he, she, when she saw Ram Ram saw her and then they knew yes we are together again actually they're never separated uh, in the spiritual world uh, there is a Ayodhya spiritual planet of Lord Ram, and Sita is always with Ram. She placed the garland around his neck and showing that she accepted him as her husband. So Ram, he was banished to the forest by his father, and he went with Sita. At first, he didn't want to take Sita. He said, no, 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 the forest is too difficult a place for you. You cannot manage. But she said, how can I live without you? I must go with you. And she convinced Ram, and so he, he took her. But then what happened in the forest, the worst of the demons, Rakshasa's Ravana, came and he kidnapped Sita when Ram was away. 
So he was wandering, Lord was wandering in the forest, calling, where is my Sita, where is Sita? He was feeling great separation. So this is a part of, of transcendental love. There is meeting and there is separation. Both of them are there. And you can appreciate the meeting better when there is separation. So this happened in the pastimes of Lord Ram and Sita. Uh, Srila Prabhupada said this is an activity of the Hadini potency, the potency of ananda or happiness in the spiritual world. But actually, um, they are never separated. They're always together. But feeling separation is, is one of the ways they experience their love with each other. So then, with the help of the monkeys, Lord Ram constructed a bridge with peaks of mountain, mountains to go to Lanka to save Sita. And then they went and they fought with Ravana and they conquered him because Ravana had been condemned by the anger of Sita. So Sita was a very powerful, she wasn't an ordinary woman. She wasn't a woman of this world. Uh, she, she, by her anger only, all of the soldiers died. That's why they died. Um, I mean, because, and here Prabhupada tells from the purport how this was so um, wonderful. Because the soldiers of Ravana were condemned by the curse of Mother Sita, the monkeys were able to kill them simply by throwing stones and trees. Now, they were well equipped with weapons on one side, and there were human beings on the other side, there were monkeys with stones and trees. How could they win? So Prabhupada explains there's two kinds of strength. There is Daiva and Purishakar. Daiva is um, spiritual strength. Spiritual strength, that is Bala, that we get from Balaram, or Nityananda, spiritual strength. Uh, and the other kind of strength is strength organized by one's own intelligence and power. But the spiritual strength is superior. And Sita had that spiritual strength and she had spiritual anger, and she cursed the other side. So therefore, they could not win. So Prabhupada said, depending on the mercy of the Supreme Lord, one must fight one's enemies, even though one may not be equipped with modern weapons. So we fight the enemy to the best of our ability. As he told Arjuna, think and fight. Of course, we don't feel like we have any enemies, but sometimes it happens uh, but for victory, we must depend on the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So preaching is like a, um, it's not like we're fighting other people, but we're fighting Maya. It's a war on Maya. Maya means to forget Krishna. And so we don't kill anyone, but we kill the demoniac intelligence. That is Lord Chaitanya's method, not to kill the physical body as it used to be done, in, like, as Ram did and. Uh, ancient times, but to kill the, the demoniac mentality. We have to free people from enviousness, lust, anger, greed, all these negative qualities. And the way to do that is by chanting Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. That's our weapon. It's our secret weapon. And prasad, spiritual food. Two things, diet and prescription. The prescription is to chant Hare Krishna and the diet is Prasad. So this will help us 
to conquer. And the worst enemy is in ourself. It's our own mind. It's our own mind. So after Ravana was killed by Ram, then the wife of Ravana, Mandodari, said this, Oh, greatly fortunate one, you came under the influence of lusty desires, so you cannot understand the influence of Mother Sita. Now because of her curse, you have been reduced to this state, having been killed by Lord Ram. So Prabhupada says in the purport, not only was Mother Sita powerful, but any woman who follows in the footsteps of Mother Sita can also become similarly powerful. There are many instances of this in the history of Vedic literature. Whenever we find a description of ideal chaste women, Mother Sita is among them. Mandodari, the wife of Ravana, was also very chaste. Draupadi, one of five exalted chaste women. As a man must follow great personalities like Brahma and Narada, a woman must follow the path of such ideal women as Sita, Mandodari, and Draupadi. So, how to get spiritual power? Sita Devi had it. Prabhupada said, we can all have that same spiritual power. So then, after Ram killed Ravana, he came to find Sita. She was sitting in a small cottage underneath a tree in a forest of Ashok trees. She was very lean and thin and very distressed because of separation from him. Seeing his wife in that condition, Lord Ram was very compassionate. When he came before her, she was very happy and her mouth showed her joy. But then Ram said, Okay, I fulfilled my vow to win you back. Now you're free to go wherever you like. Ah. Oh. So Sita, how, how, how could that be? He's just telling her, Okay, I saved you, now go. So she told Lakshman, brother's, brother of Ram, Build a large fire for me to enter, for this is the only path that remains for one who has been rejected by her husband in public. When the fire blazed brightly, Sita circumambulated Ram and prayed to Agni, God of fire, because my heart has never turned away from Ram. Please protect me. Although I've never been unfaithful to Ram in thought, word, or deed, he accuses me of being polluted. Therefore, I request you to become the witness of my purity. Sita circumambulated the fire and entered the flames with a fearless mind. Within the blazing fire, Sita shone with a golden radiance. Then the principal demigods came on their celestial vehicles. They spoke, Oh, Ram, Supreme Personality of Godhead, we are pained to see how you are neglecting your eternal consort, Mother Sita. Ram said, I consider myself to be an ordinary human being, but if there is something more to be said, perhaps Lord Brahma can disclose it. Brahma said, you are directly Lord Narayan. Sita is Lakshmi. Then Agni came out from the fire carrying Sita in his arms. As Agni placed Sita before Ram, everyone's amazed to see how her body, bright red dress, ornaments, and hair showed absolutely no sign of being even slightly burnt. Agni said, Ram, here's your dear wife, Sita. She is completely pure devoid of even the least tinge of sin. Sita was never the slightest bit unfaithful to you by word, thought, or glance. You should accept Sita without reservation and give up your harsh speech and behavior. So Ram said, actually, I knew all about Sita's purity. 
And I knew Ravana could never have polluted her, for she is fully protected by the prowess of her righteousness. It was only to prove Sita's chastity to the world that I appeared to neglect her. So Lord Chaitanya, when he was touring, traveling in South India, he picked up the Karma Purana, in which he discovered the form of Sita kidnapped by Ravana was not that of the real Sita, but a mere shadow. So the Karma Purana says, the shadow Sita was placed in the fire as a test of chastity. It was Maya Sita who entered the fire, and the real Sita came out of the fire. And so that's so Mother Sita was very submissive, faithful, shy, chaste, always understanding the attitude of her husband. Thus, by her character and love and service, she completely attracted the mind of the Lord. So here we have the life of Mother Sita. And now we will stop for any questions or comments that anyone might have. Yes. Hare Krishna, thank you, Mother Narayani, for a wonderful, nice class on the mothers, and Sita Mata in particular. In India, when we grew up, we knew seven mothers, but not exactly what you described from okay. the Sastra. Okay. Uh, the one of the mothers that, besides cow and bhumi, or earth, mm. and your own mother, uh, the important mother was river, like Yamuna, Yamuna, uh, you know, river Yamuna Mata, and Ganga Maya, and like that, you know. So can you comment on uh, maybe the eighth mother, if you want to call it, you know, if not in the seventh? Hi, Krishna. Yeah, so this suddenly, now it started working. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so in, in India, I'm sure there are 100 mothers um, <laughs> because <laughs> there are so many goddesses, Durga. Um, one time somebody asked me in a class, um, is Durga our mother also? I say, yes, she, Durga gives the material body, but Radharani gives the spiritual body. And so we have, yeah, in India, we have all the goddesses, who are our mothers, uh, the wife of Shiva, the wife of Brahma, the Saraswati. And they are worshipping so many mothers in India, so many mothers. And the rivers also, they are like um, goddesses. They are like goddesses of the rivers. They are not ordinary. Ganga is coming from uh, the spiritual world. Uh, these are transcendental rivers. Yamuna, these are coming, these are our spiritual mothers. There are so many, Radharani, Lakshmi. Um, so they are transcendental to these other seven mothers. They are spiritual. And, uh, and some are material, the demigoddesses. Uh, but yeah, we can, we can list uh, probably a hundred mothers um, <laughs> beyond the se seven main ones, but then we can go beyond that to the spiritual mothers, like Sita. Sita was not in this category. Demigoddesses were not in this category. Yeah. And, and Ganga and Jamuna, they are spiritual like Sita. Yes. Uh, excellent talk, uh, Mataji. And uh, I love also 
mother you know they have the number one and i also came from that but if you see some countries they go father you know we go mother country mother mm-hmm. world some right. countries go by father mm-hmm. and the some biological living entities or living things they play both role mother mother and father male and female same time they switches yes so 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 how do you define based on these two you know uh, still we, we we call mother world and mother earth um so you're talking about mother and father yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yes the original i go by mother mother is number one and and some yeah. countries is a father country they mm-hmm. say and uh, well we were sure biological entities also they go by you know switches also so in that yeah. case yeah, who, we, who we, is mother is a father is mother or mother is mother krishna is mother <laughs> because he is the original father and mother he is the original and from krishna came every all living entities so krishna says in bhagavad gita i am mother so there we have a male mother also and it's krishna um we we worship we don't just worship mother we don't just worship father we worship mother and father together uh we worship radha and krishna when we chant we call first mother hare radharani and then we call krishna so you see when we address the deities mother's name comes first sitaram radha madan mohan radha krishna so we don't see one without without the other we see them together we don't see them as separate that we see them together but you can worship separate but don't forget the connection that they have also with each other mother and father are without father you cannot be mother how can you be mother without husband and that's in this in this world they are seeing only the mother and not the father and that's the problem they see mother nature but they don't see father who gave the seed to mother nature they don't see the creator they don't see the uh the the life the life is given by krishna and the body is given by the mother the life is given the seed even the the fathers of this world they cannot give the life only the father krishna gives the seed the life and then um, the child may be born the soul is the soul is not material it's spiritual so its origin is spiritual body is material but we need to worship both and together is best we worship together radha krishna sitaram <laughs> any other question here in front There's one like to alternate between Okay, them. mothers some others have questions. I, but nobody mothers. raised their hand. And any mothers have questions? You got your chance now. I know mothers like to talk. <laughs> yeah, right. They know everything. Okay. um i'm sorry i was very late but i had this question in my mind a long time it's not related to mothers but i want to know is there a difference between radha sita lakshmi and rukmini or they are same entity or uh what is the difference between radha lakshmi okay radha is the original just like krishna is the original and an expansion from the first expansions from radharani are her gopis 
And then the next expansion are the queens of Krishna. And Krishna expands as Vasudev in Dwaraka. So they are expansions of Radharani. In one sense, they are the same because they're coming from her. But they're not the same because they, they're, they act differently. They're, they're married. And then after that, from Rukmini is the main queen, and she's from her uh, Lakshmi. So she is considered an incarnation of Lakshmi, Rukmini, the first queen. All of them are Lakshmis, actually. But then after that comes Lakshmi Narayan. Krishna expands as Narayan, and Radharani expands as Lakshmi. So they are simultaneous. Narayan is the same as Krishna, but he's different. He, he's worshipped in great opulence, and you can't play with him. You, know, you worship him as God. And Lakshmi is always at his lotus feet. So they are all expansions. All the ladies are expansions of Srimati Radharani. And Krishna has expansions to go with them. And they're different. And they have different purposes. Mm -hmm. And if people like to worship in different ways. Some like to worship with a lot of opulence and rituals and a lot of reverence. But some like to play with Krishna and have Krishna as their child. So therefore... There are different forms of Krishna to accommodate the different desires of his devotees to worship him. And different forms of Radharani also expanding to accommodate the different desires of devotees. Thank you. <laughs> uh, any more question? You have a question? Yeah. Next door. Somebody back? One lady? One mother? No? No. Okay. He, he has a question. Oh, okay. He has, okay, back there. Then we'll come back in front. So in your uh, story, you talked about spiritual strength. Mm. Uh, and I'd like to get your uh, thoughts on some of the things which have helped you to uh, get mm. more spiritual uh, strength on a day-to-day -day basis. And also, what are some of the things that we can do uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, in addition to you know chanting Hare Krishna and Hare Rama, and you know uh, <laughs> having prasad, as you mentioned, uh, to continue to be stronger spiritually, uh, so that we can enhance the quality of our lives. Yeah, well, there's nine processes of devotional service. Chanting and hearing are the main ones; they're the first ones. And after um, uh, Shavanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam, we can remember. We can try to memorize verses. We can try to remember during our day. It's not just, okay, we chant in the morning and do our sadhana, and the rest of the day we, we forget Krishna. No. The rest of the day, somehow you have to remember Krishna during the rest of the day too. So for that, you need to think of Krishna, think of uh, something that you really like about Krishna or the deities. If you see the deities in the morning, now we have... No excuse, you can't come to the temple, just go online and you can see so many deities all over the world. And remember them during your day. Just go online, go to Mangalarti in Mayapur or somewhere. Um, go to, uh, you can do that. And then prayer, personal prayer helps a lot. When you're feeling you know, lost or confused or depressed, you can say, okay, help me. I cannot handle this alone, my Lord. 
but I know you're in my heart. I know you're there. You're listening. So please help me uh, remember you. Please help me remember you. So personal prayer. Personal prayer is important. And somehow to remember, think, think of Krishna. Smaranam, Vandanam, these two things we can do during our day. Any other questions? He has a question here in front. Hare Krishna Mataji. So um, in today's world, we discuss about different mothers. And uh, uh, you mentioned also that uh, uh, state leader's wife is also mother. Hmm. Uh, especially in America, we call first lady. Right, first and, lady. Yes. And uh, I have a little bit of difficulty to accept that there's not qualified uh, candidate as a first lady because the whole politically, this uh, not spiritually, we can guide and so how to respect or accept as a mother. Yes, the queen was meant to be representative, like the husband was representative of the Lord. So the queen was also meant to be representative. But even if they are not qualified, still um, we, we should give our respect because they're in that position. Just like in Lord Chaitanya's time, uh, I, I think it was Rupa Goswami who was dealing with a Mohammedan Muslim ruler mm -hmm. and he respected him even though he wasn't qualified perhaps and the, the Muslim asked about Lord Chaitanya I hear about this person who is millions of people are following him and it, it seems like he's not an ordinary person and Rupa Goswami was said to him, well, you are representative of the Lord. See what's in your mind. What do you think? What is in your mind? And he, he gave him respect. And so then the, Muslim, the ruler said, I think he's God. I think he's Bhagavan. <laughs> so that's the example that even maybe the ruler is not qualified, but uh, somehow he's in that position. He's in that position. Um, America's, you know, they, they, they elect somebody and then they drag him down. Um, <laughs> they, they don't, so, what, yeah, I mean, we elected him, so. Anyway, yeah, but the, the viticulture is different. Okay. The viticulture is different. It's a whole different culture. And in those times, they were respectable. Yes. You just, you're... Jopati was respectable, queen mother. Pritu was king and Archie was his wife. She was respect, they were respectable. And so therefore, they, they deserved respect. They deserved respect. Now it's difficult in Kali Yuga because nobody is qualified to be president or king. Uh, it is the age of Kali. It is the age of Kali. And so what can we do? We can pray for a devotee to become in that position. Tulsi Yeah, Tulsi, well, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see, maybe in the future, sometime. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Any other question? Yes, over here in the front. Any ladies? Any ladies have a question? No? Oh, we got one. Okay, hold on. Yes, we have a lot of time for questions. Hare Krishna, Mataji. 
I don't have a question. I just want to add one thing. <laughs> like okay. my great-great-grandmothers, uh, uh, like it passed on in my family. Uh, and my grandmother told me the king and queen in past, they used to rule in a way. They used to think citizen as their children. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, they used to make sure that they are getting feed first, and then th then they will eat. So yes. kings, uh, king yeah. and queen would be like mm. uh, father exactly. and mother because yeah. they would take care of citizen as children. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, even Prithu Maharaj um, when he was here. He said, "I want all of you to follow your Varnashram duties because that will help me." Why? Who cares about? helping the king, you know. But they loved him, and he loved them. So there was a, an exchange of love between the king and the citizens, so much the citizens will do anything for the king. King will do anything for the citizens. Many examples in our Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, now we have a question up here in front. Hare Krishna Mataji. I have a practical question based on the times that we are living in today. <laughs> so the value of our mother the first category of mother, our own biological first mother, right. right? So in olden times, family used to live together. We always were with our mothers. In today's time, because of time and circumstance, right. things have changed. Right. And it's not the same quality that, or the same devotion that our own mother gets from us for whatever reason. So right. why is it so and where are we going from today? Well, you're following the Western culture. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> In the Western culture, the kids leave home at an early age, and that's it. Bye-bye. And you're lucky if they call you, you know. If you, if you get a phone call from your kids. And yes, the, in the Vedic culture in India was quite nice. They had a joint family, and, and they were with the mother. So, okay, you follow the, the Western culture, you've done that, it's too late now. But one thing, don't send your mother to the old age home. Keep her. At least that much you can do. Because I visited my mother-in-law in the old age home, and it's really bad. Force feeding them, force brushing their hair, they're all wearing diapers, and, and they're putting so many drugs in their heads so they don't give trouble to the caretakers. It's not a nice place to go. So if you can, don't just take care of your mother when, when she's really old. <laughs> now maybe you not, may not be taking care of your mother, maybe, maybe not. But when she gets really old, then, then do take care. At least that much. Don't follow the Western culture <laughs> that much. <laughs> yes. We have unlimited time today. The sentiment that you just said is is wonderful, but I see within our own society we don't live up to that standard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, unfortunately, we need to take care of our mothers and our brothers and our sisters. And brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's starting. Now. It's, it's they're starting to do that. They're building in some kind of homes in Vrindavan, in two places in Vrindavan. One at our Goldshala, and one uh, that uh, Vedic Care is also doing. Building a house, building something somewhere. Uh, it's starting. It's starting now. Um, Vrindavan and Mayapur. 
Vrindavan and Mayapur. Prabhupada wanted us to retire there. That's why he made those places. He said, you can go and retire and spend your life in Krishna consciousness, the end of your life. He wanted that. So, yeah, Prabhupada's vision is starting. But not everybody gets to be that fortunate. It's also fortune, great fortune to die in Vrindavan or Mayapur. It's not easy. Yeah, that's so. I remember uh, Guru Das, you know, Guru Das, mm-hmm. he's famous um, as one of the early devotees. So I was watching him on Facebook. At first, he was complaining, nobody's taking care of the old people. And then he started his own Vedic care society. <laughs> so that's what you got to do. You got to just do it yourself. <laughs> uh, and it will happen. And it will happen. And I guess if you take care of others, then you will be taken care of yourself too. And so I, I, it looks like that's what he, the philosophy he's following. Okay, I, is, do we have time or are you ready? To? One more question, okay. Yes. On this uh, very beautiful Mother's Day, I like to have uh, one comment that we learned when we were in the school. The first thing is Nari to Narayani. So, so any, every ladies were considered as Narayani or goddess. And second thing we learn, yatra pujyate nariyaha, tatra ramante devtaha. So wherever ladies are respected, the demigod has nice, good time. So this is the uh, very, uh, this is, may not be in the, lit, uh, in the scripture, but in Sanskrit literature, these two things I learned in my school about how to respect the ladies, whether it's mother or whatever, ladies in general. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Hare Krishna. And on that positive note, thank you, Narayani, Devi.